The LA Kings took their first steps as a team towards the 2023 season with day one of training camp in the books. I was there, and I'll tell you what I saw and heard from players like Drew Doughty, Kevin Fiala, Jonathan Quick, Quinton Byfield, and head coach Todd McClellan. That's coming up on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We're at 613 subscribers. I had asked if we could get to 600 by the end of the month. We obviously got there in advance of that. So thank you all very much. Uh, for those of you that have subscribed, and uh, let's keep it going. Uh, let's see if we can get to 700 by the end of October. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I have worked in sports media for the past 30, 30 or so years, uh, the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick reporter, and NHL analyst, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a very excited and passionate L.A. Kings fan for the past 30 years. Excited because I got to go to training camp today in El Segundo at the Toyota Sports Center, and uh, I'm very excited to share with you uh, what I saw and what I heard as we get ready for uh, a very highly anticipated season for the Los Angeles Kings. So training camp is underway. Uh, we are three days away from the L.A. Kings preseason opener. That's in San Jose against the Sharks. We're 19 days away from the L.A. Kings season opener, October 11th against the Vegas Golden Knights at Crypto.com Arena. It is coming uh, here fast and furious, and uh, and I can't wait for it. So how did training camp go? How did the first day of training camp go? Well, there were a group of 63 players there split up into three different groups on two sheets of ice. Uh, the two groups uh, went through drills. Uh, and uh, practice, and then we had two back-to-back -back scrimmages uh, followed by another uh, group of, uh, of uh, on-ice practices and drills before they concluded for the day um, at about 1 o'clock. So uh, a, big, uh, a big day of players getting out on the ice, getting their legs under them, and uh, just getting ready for the start of the preseason and then the regular season. Um, let's talk quickly, though, about who wasn't there. Uh, there were two players that did not take part in the, either of the scrimmages. They were forward Victor Arvidsson and defenseman Sean Dursey. Dursey's coming off shoulder surgery. He did skate uh, and took part in some drills. He wore a red non-contact jersey. Um, as for Victor Arvidsson, I did not see him there. I did not see him skating in any drills. Um, I didn't see him in street clothes. He may have been there, uh, but again, I did not see him. Uh, afterwards, head coach Todd McClellan was asked about Victor Arvidsson. He says he's on schedule. He's on their schedule for when he uh, should return, that he's skating. He's had no setbacks. Again, he is on schedule and looking good as he returns from off-season back surgery for a herniated disc. But it has been confirmed by Todd McClellan um, what was suspected and that Victor Arvidsson will not play in the preseason and he will not be ready for the start of the regular season. However, uh, I don't think that the Kings are overly concerned about anything at this point. Like I said, they expected this. He hasn't had any setbacks. He is on schedule to return on their timetable. And it looks like he'll probably miss about the first month 
of the regular season. But other than that, everybody else on the ice uh, and looking good. As far as Sean Dursey goes, Tom McClellan said afterwards that he expects Sean Dursey to participate in one or two of the final preseason games for the LA Kings. And it sounds like he expects Sean Dursey to be ready and available for the start of the regular season. Let's hope it stays that way as far as players that are hurt uh, and available for the start of the season. We want to be healthy and ready to go once that regular season uh, gets here. Of course, uh, all eyes were on the new addition for the LA Kings, and that is top-line left-winger Kevin Fiala, who was acquired in that trade in the offseason. They acquired his rights from Minnesota, then signed him to the long-term extension. And as expected, we did see Kevin Fiala playing on the Kings' top line, centered by Andre Kopitar, Fiala on the left wing, and Adrian Kempe on the right wing. And it is pretty obvious when you watch them play together, they are highly skilled. There's a lot of quickness going on. But also, I think, as expected, uh, it's going to take some time to develop uh, chemistry, to get used to one another, to you know not have to think as much as, as what is this guy doing or what do I think he's going to do. A- after a while, when you play with a player, you just get a feel for what he's going to do and anticipate what he's going to do. Uh, and so they're still going through that. I mean, it's the first day of training camp, so that's to be expected. And they were all asked about it afterwards. Kevin Fiala said that he was very confident that uh, they could all develop chemistry uh, sooner rather than later. Um, I know that Adrian Kempe, who's a fellow Swede, uh, was asked about uh, had he ever played with Kevin Fiala in the past. And he said no, but he had played against him numerous times, and he was excited to not only be uh, have him on, on the Kings team, but to actually play on the same line as Kevin Fiala. Um, and Fiala saying all the right things afterwards, that he felt good, was excited to be in L.A., and uh, excited to play on the top line with Andre Kopitar uh, and Adrian Kempe. And it was, it was, I thought it was funny. He was asked, uh, uh, Kevin Fiala was asked, have you ever played with a center as good as Andre Kopitar? And he quickly said no. Uh, he, he answered that question very uh, immediately with a no. I've never played with a player as good as Andre Kopitar. So um, a, a good first step for Kevin Fiala. And as expected, he is on that top line. Um, but let's talk about the other lines. And that brings us to our biggest surprise of day one of training camp, at least for me. And I'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to remind you that betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including boxing, MMA, baseball, and golf. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is BetOnline where the game starts. So the biggest surprise for me on day one of training camp was who was playing on the second line in place of the aforementioned Victor Arvidsson. It was not Arthur Kaliev, as I expected, but Samuel Fagamo playing on that second line centered by Philip Deneau uh, and with Trevor Moore on the left wing. Uh, Fagamo is a second-round pick of the Kings from 2019 had a standout year with the Ontario Reign last year with 27 goals and 44 points. He played, I think, four or five games with the LA Kings. I don't believe he has recorded an NHL point yet, um, but very intriguing to see uh, that Samuel Fagamo, uh, a guy who I think a lot of Kings fans maybe have heard about. I think if you're really kind of plugged in to what's going on with the organization as far as prospects, uh, his, he's a name that you would expect to see in the NHL 
at some point, but I don't know that we would expect to see it now. And whether or not it actually ends up being Samuel Bagamo as the right winger on that second line remains to be seen. Uh, Todd McClellan was asked about it afterwards, and he said that uh, he's there for now, um, and they were going to give him a look but that there could be other players put into that role as well. I'm thinking maybe Gabe Velarde could be a guy who sees time there uh, as well as they try and figure out what they're going to do. Um, and then afterwards, Philip Deneau was asked uh, if he has any input. Has he talked to the coaches about who he would like to see on that second line on his uh, right wing? He said that he had had some discussions, but he uh, was not uh, willing to divulge what those discussions were. Uh, he was asked if he thought that Samuel Fagamo was uh, comparable to Victor Arbitson, and he said he was not. Uh, in, he wasn't comfortable making a comparison. He doesn't like to compare players to other players, but he said that he thought that Samuel Fagamo was a very talented young player uh, and that he could bring a lot of uh, good things to the Kings lineup. Also, Trevor Moore was asked afterwards as well about Samuel Fagamo, and he said that he is a very talented player and he's also an extremely hard worker. Um, so it seems like uh, Philip Deneau and Trevor Moore at least saying the right things about Samuel Fagamo, that they, they like to play with him as far as how he looked on the ice with them. He didn't really stand out. He didn't really look out of place. I guess kind of an average showing, you would say, uh, in the scrimmage. Um, but again, that's a, that's a pretty big vote of confidence from the Kings organization, at least initially, to tell Samuel Fagamo that uh, he's going to get a look on that second line at right wing, something that I don't think a lot of people expected or anticipated. But will he be the guy who ends up winning that job in the end? Uh, we don't know. Obviously, that's to be determined. But as Todd McClellan said, the head coach of the Kings, uh, expect to see some other people get an opportunity in that slot as well. As for the third line, uh, pretty familiar. No surprises there. Uh, we had Quentin Byfield centering uh, the uh, third line. Uh, with uh, Alex Iafalo on the left wing and Arthur Kaliev on the right wing. And, and after I thought about it, it actually made more sense that the Kings wouldn't move Arthur Kaliev up to that second line, although a lot, a lot of fans probably think that he is deserving of that. But when you know that, it, I think if Victor Arvidsson were out longer term, if he was going to miss multiple months, then I think we would see Arthur Kaliev get slotted up. Uh, but I think because they expect Victor Arvidsson to come back maybe within the first month of the season, maybe after about the first month of the season, that they don't want to tinker with two lines when they only need to tinker with one, right? So keep that third line together. You've got Alex Ayafalo now sliding down from the top line to the third line, and I think they want that trio to develop some chemistry in the preseason and early on in the season and be ready to go as likely the the third line for the bulk of the season. So after thinking about it, that did make a little bit more sense to me that they would decide to do that and again just tinker with the second line because it's going to be temporary rather than tinker with the second and the third line as far as the fourth line goes uh, also very familiar is there uh, there as well Blake Lazat uh, was centering the fourth line Brendan Lemieux was on the left wing and Carl Grundstrom was on the right wing uh, and in the two scrimmages as you can probably imagine uh, not a lot of physical play necessarily there certainly was some bumping uh, in the corners but not a lot of big hitting, which, of course, you don't really want to see. We don't want to see anybody getting hurt uh, in, the, in these uh, scrimmages. But at the same time, uh, a guy like Brendan Lemieux, and, and there's not a lot. Look, the Kings are a physical team as far as like wearing you down with a hard forecheck. But there's not a lot of big open ice hitters on the Kings. Um, and, and I would say that Brendan Lemieux is probably one of the guys that does stand out in that area. And he did have 
the two of the bigger hits uh, of the two scrimmages that were played. Uh, there again, there wasn't much hitting, but there were a couple of hits from Brendan Lemieux that kind of stood out. And and when you think about it, um, you know, he's a, preseason is to get your timing, is to get your feel going, to get the legs moving. And if you are a player that does provide some physical play. You have to hit a little bit, right? In in the in training camp, in the preseason, to get into that that mode. And so it did kind of make sense to me that Brendan Lemieux would throw the body around a little bit and and make some contact uh, as far as that goes. Uh, we're going to talk about the defensive pairing, defensive pairings of note in a moment. But first, hey, don't forget that Locked On NHL podcast has you covered for all of your league wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts from the. Locked on NHL channel, breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. So as far as the defensive defensive pairings of note, we mentioned Sean Dursey was not involved, um, but the top defensive pairing, no surprise, Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson. And it was great to see Drew back on the ice after missing most of the second half of last season and all of the playoffs. Uh, he said afterwards that he felt 100% from the wrist uh, surgery that he was ready to go, excited about the upcoming season, and felt great about where the team and the organization was as far as heading into the season. So he just kind of reiterated some of the things we heard if you listen to his exit interview. But uh, Drew Doughty certainly, um, he, he's a, he was excited last year about how the team was playing, but also disappointed that he couldn't be a part of it. Uh, and if you know anything about Drew Doughty's personality, uh, you know, he's a guy who is always pretty excited about the game, but but very excited, um, again, as to the direction the team is going. And, and we're I think we're all excited to see Drew hopefully play a, a full season and have a good year and be a difference maker uh, on the Kings blue line this season. As far as the second pairing uh, defensively, we had Sean Walker playing on that left side on his offside. Um, and Matt Roy was the other uh, defenseman with him. Uh, we also had the old man and the kid paired up together, and that was Alex Edler, uh, one of the older veterans on the Kings, uh, especially on defense. And he was paired up with Brant Clark, the young 19-year-old that um, maybe has a chance of making the team this season. Uh, he had a great uh, uh, rookie face-off up in San Jose. And I got to tell you, um, you know, watching Brant Clark play in that rookie face-off, you got excited because you could see the skill. But a little behind the curtain here that I wanted to share with you guys is that Brent Clark is a kid. He is 19 years old, but he looks like he's about 16. And he was in the locker room afterwards, and he was sitting between Drew Doughty and Jonathan Quick. And I've got video of this as I was getting a couple of sound bites from Jonathan Quick. I'm going to post it on the Twitter uh, page, which is at Locked On LA Kings. And he was just sitting there taking this all in. And when the media was surrounding Drew Doughty and talking to him, he was just sitting there listening to everything and, and had this look on his face. Like, I can't believe I'm in an NHL locker room and I'm sitting in between Drew Doughty and Jonathan quick. And when, when we were talking to Jonathan quick, again, he just like the other players, honestly, they were like, getting undressed and kind of putting things away and going about whatever their next order of business was. Um, but he just sat there and just took it all in and you can see the look on his face. And if you didn't know who it was, he'd probably be like, who's that kid in the background, just sitting there watching this. Um, but it was, it was really amusing, but in a kind of a really sweet way. Um, and it is a reminder that he's 19 years old. He is just a kid. And he, this is his first NHL training camp. And 
uh, he just looked like he was in awe of where he was. Like he, he looked like he was saying, I can't believe I'm sitting next to Drew Doughty and, and Jonathan Quick and I'm here trying to make an NHL roster. So I thought that was, that was really amusing uh, to see Brant Clark uh, like that. And again, I'll post that on our, our Twitter account for you to kind of check it out. And hopefully you will be as amused uh, as I was. Uh, the other defensive pairing of note had Tobias Bjornfoot and Jordan Spence uh, playing together. Um, so, yeah, uh, we do need to talk about the goaltenders, of course, as well. And uh, we had Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. Uh, we had Matt Valalta and Phoenix Copley. So you had the two goaltenders who are going to make up the pairing at the NHL level and the two goaltenders who are going to make the pairing at the AHL level. Uh, also, Jacob Ingham and David Rennick uh, were also there, and they were the tandem that uh, that minded the net in the 2022 rookie faceoff up in San Jose. I did not see much of them on the ice. I don't think that either of them participated uh, in either of the scrimmages, I think it was quick against Peterson in the first scrimmage and Volalta against Copley in the second scrimmage, I believe. Um, it's possible that they could have snuck in there uh, while I was trying to keep track of everything else, but I believe that's how it went. I don't think I saw Ingham or Hrennick, uh in, in the uh, scrimmage. Maybe they will uh, get involved in that as the week goes on. But of course, uh, you know, the media did gather around Jonathan Quick and uh, Jonathan is, uh, he's a professional. Uh, he answers the questions, but it is uh, he is a contrast to Drew Doughty, whereas guys like Drew Doughty and Trevor Moore, I think, actually enjoy talking with the media. They're very comfortable doing it. It's not a big deal to them. Um, guys like Andre Kopitar, even though he's the captain, uh, and, and Jonathan Quick, you can tell they do it because it's part of their responsibilities as a veteran and as a leader on the team, but it's not something that they enjoy. If you gave them their choice, I don't think either of them would do it. Um, so Jonathan quick, uh, was, you know, the kind of, let's get this over with. And we all gathered around him and he was asked the very pointed question. Um, you're going into the final year of your contract. Do you want another contract after this year is up? And his response was, was, was brief. Um, but I think it was, it was telling. And he said, uh, well, uh, if I can was, was his response. Um, and, and to me, um, basically what he was saying uh, my read on it was very obviously a very brief response was if I can still play and I can play the way I did last year, this year, then I want to continue playing. So that does remain to be seen if that's going to be the case or not. And what he would come back for, uh, how much they'd have to pay him, how long would he be looking at like a one-year deal? That's very much to be determined, but I think, and I think it's the, it's the answer that the answer he gave, I think is the understandable answer. He played pretty well last year. Um, he played well enough to probably get the Kings out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, if we had Drew Doughty and Victor Arbitson and our power play wasn't awful, uh, the Kings probably would have gotten out of that first round. But um, it wasn't, let's put it this way, it wasn't the fault of Jonathan Quick that the Kings didn't advance out of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and if he plays the way he did a season ago, then Jonathan Quick basically is saying, I, then I want to continue my career. Is that going to be the case? We don't know. Is it possible, kind of like a Dustin Brown, that he doesn't have the season that he hoped he would have and he sees kind of the writing on the wall and he decides to step away the way Dustin Brown did? That is possible. But it all is depending on how he plays this coming season. And speaking of that, uh, we wrapped it up with head coach Todd McClellan and uh, he said he was very excited to get the season started. Um, and he said the lineup is pretty much set, but there's still a lot of work to do. 
And uh, he said that the Kings have a standard that they have to meet every day if they're going to live up to expectations. He said expectations were healthy as long as it's something that motivates you and gets you to play uh, to a certain standard. He was obviously asked about the goaltenders, and he said pretty much what we thought, that it, it, the number one goalie job is to be determined, uh, that he it's on Jonathan Quick or Cal Peterson to win the job if neither one of them asserts themselves they're going to share the net until one of them does and it's pretty much exactly what was going on last season so it's uh as i mentioned on a previous episode when we talked about the storylines going into training camp my number one storyline was who's going to be the number one goalie uh and so judging by what todd mcclellan has to say he's very open-minded about it uh and and like we said hopefully this will be a situation where both guys motivate each other push each other to play the best they can, and they make the decision difficult for Todd McClellan. He said that that uh, any of the decisions they make with the roster are difficult ones, and that's a good thing because it means they have more good players than slots available. And he was talking more about, I think, the defense and the forwards, but I think the goaltending situation, it, it applies there as well. Not that there's someone outside of that tandem that's going to challenge them, but the two players themselves hopefully will challenge and push each other. Um, so. It's not going to be a situation where Jonathan Quick, who won the job late in the year and started all the playoff games, now goes into this training camp as the number one guy, or it's not his job to lose. Again, it is a job that is absolutely open for competition, and uh, whoever's playing better apparently is going to get the net, and that's going to be the situation going forward for the LA Kings, and and that will we talked about that being a number one storyline going into training camp. That's going to be a number one storyline going into the regular season as well. Who amongst these two goalies is going to assert themselves or will they both play well enough that they share the net? And that's how it goes. Um, that, that remains to be seen. I did want to mention something about Todd McClellan, and I don't know if this is going to be taken in the, in the way that I hope it is. Daryl Sutter was not an enjoyable person to deal with as a media member. He didn't want to talk to the media when he did talk to the media. He was very gruff. He was very short. He was sometimes very sarcastic um, and it wasn't enjoyable to deal with him. And frankly, as a Kings fan, I didn't enjoy listening to him talk because I knew he didn't want to talk to us and he wasn't going to tell us really anything. And look, Daryl Sutter is a Hall of Famer. He'll, he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. He's won two Stanley Cups. I, as a Kings fan, am very grateful for what he did for the Kings organization helping play his part in getting the Kings to win their first two Stanley Cups ever. And that is that has nothing to do uh, or isn't affected in any way by how he dealt with deals, deals with the media. That having been said, Todd McClellan is very thoughtful. He's very engaging. He's very open. He's very honest. He doesn't mind talking to the media. I'm not saying it's his favorite thing in the world to do but he understands it's part of his obligation as uh, an NHL head coach, and he doesn't shy away from it. He's okay with it, and uh, it's very, very refreshing. It, I mean, just it, take it at a basic level. Uh, if you ever have to deal with somebody at work who you don't really like and is not pleasant, it's not pleasant to interact with them, but but if you have somebody who is open to talking to you and being a, a you know uh, someone who is open and honest it's just so much more enjoyable so I will say this Tom McClellan hasn't won a Stanley Cup as a head coach he has won one as an assistant coach um, and and certainly we're all hopeful that he can be that type of coach whether that happens or not remains to be seen but I just wanted to say 
for what it's worth. And I think it's good for fans that we have a head coach who is willing to talk to us through the media, tell us what's going on with the team, be very open and honest about things and not be somebody who talks in codes or who is very evasive or just speaks in cliches. So um, whether Todd McClellan can be a championship head coach, we all hope that's the case that remains to be seen. But I, I do think um, as a member of the media and as a fan of the LA Kings, I do appreciate um, how he speaks to the media and as a result to fans through the media um, as far as how he communicates with us. Just wanted to say that, throw that out there. So training camp is underway. And uh, if you have any questions about what I saw at training camp, or anything about that, um, send me an email because we have our Friday feedback segment coming up tomorrow. It is uh, lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com is the email address. If you have any training camp questions, I will do my best to answer them. Also, I posted a lot of pictures and videos from the first day of training camp on our Twitter account. Uh, so I'd love for you guys to go check that out and and like and comment on if you would like. Uh, the Twitter uh, account is at Locked on LA Kings again on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. And don't forget the LA Kings preseason opener is coming up on Sunday in San Jose. I don't know if that's going to be televised or not, but we will have a recap of that game coming up on Monday's show. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for watching Locked On LA Kings. And as always, go Kings go.